Welcome to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with... Elizabeth Alley. And... Tyler Hymanson. <laughs> and we are... Oh, sorry. <laughs> we are asleep at the wheel. <laughs> uh, we are back talking about the, uh, the final Cabin Fever uh, film in the cabin fever franchise for now <laughs> for now da, 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 da. john aston is still out there that's true that's true that's true the world <laughs> still has literal ca- or sorry not literal figurative cabin fever right now but right. moving on from this franchise still waiting for patient one no uh, yeah <laughs> uh, anyways uh yeah as we do at the top of the show um Eliz, why don't you remind people where they can reach out to us yeah, so we need to know where you think we should go next. So please email us at sequelrights at gmail.com. And you can find us at Sequel Rights on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. If you're not listening through that platform, please just share your favorite episode on social media. That is just as good. But as Elis said, we are moving on to another franchise. We don't I guess we know what the next one is, but we might not know what the next one after that is. So if in <laughs> your binge watching in quarantine, if you've come across a gem, let us know. Yeah. And uh, we'll dive in. That's right. And stay tuned at the end of the episode to hear what we'll be doing next. But before we go any further, breath. that's right. Before <laughs> we go any further, we have a very special guest with us tonight. Um, here on this episode with us is the music supervisor on Cabin Fever 2016, Ryan Gaines. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure and honor to be speaking about this uh, incredible film. Yes. <laughs> so tell me. Uh... <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure. How, like, I, I'm like trying to hold in laughter because I'm like, is he joking? Is he serious? I don't know. Let me keep you guessing. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. What does he think of the movie? Um, but uh, yeah, before we before we dive in, um, I know we've talked about it in the past, but in case someone is listening, uh, you know, for this episode for the first time, or or is not aware what a music supervisor is, what yeah, what what does your job entail working on this film? Well, you're responsible, uh, the music supervisor, for all the music needs of the film from. Um, the score, if they want you involved in that, and according to, it's, it all depends on how experienced the filmmakers are. Some of them have great ideas of what they want. They come in going, okay, here's all the songs, and you're basically just going in there and making sure you can clear them and get give them the right rights. And if you can't, then you have to replace them and creatively steer them in a direction that you know weaves that common thread throughout the picture, as well as uh, comes in on budget. More importantly, um, so in this particular uh, film, I came in with some creative ideas for some song placements and we had budget restrictions as a lot of horror films do. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had budgets as low as $10,000 when there's like five to six uh, Mm -hmm. spots in the film or, or or more. Um, And I've had uh, as high as 150,000, you know, and it all depends on what you can get there. So, you know, you have to break hard sometimes and say, I'm sorry, you can't afford that, but here's some great ideas for, buzz bands or anything that accomplishes the same thing. That's awesome. Um, well, we can get to, once we get into the movie, we can get to a couple of the, uh, we, I think we have some music related questions and we can talk about the couple of needle drops that made it into the movie. Um, sure. But why don't we just dive right in to the 2016 remake of Cabin Fever? Uh, you're going to love it. It's just peace and relaxation. 
relentless pounding for like six days. Don't forget about the beer. Wow, place is amazing. Sometimes you've known someone a really long time. You just want to kiss them just to see if they're a good kisser. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Boy, that's how people get themselves shot. It looks like you guys were having some kind of party last night. All right, we're ready oh, to have some like, kind of party. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about your experience with this trailer, or your experience with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ryan, I'm curious. Before you worked on this film, did you have any prior experience with the franchise? Like, had you seen the past movies? Um, actually, I watched a little bit of the original one that this one is, you know, based on and it was, uh, but I didn't make it through it. You know, I have my opinions on horror films today and, and what, you know, we can get into that, but uh, no, (laughs) no, no real formal experience. Okay, cool. Well, we have watched all of them. (laughs) So if you have any questions, (laughs) not that you're going to have questions with this movie since, uh, it's poor a poor so, souls. There's so much esoteric meaning in this one. You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what were they intending on you? Yeah. Symbolism. <laughs> you really missed out on uh, Sean Astin in number three. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which originally, uh, when I looked it up, it said that he was in this movie, and I was what? like, "Oh, like so, like they used Patient Zero to like soft reboot it." Like, that's kind of a cool idea, but then that didn't happen. So I was incredibly disappointed. <laughs> yeah, no. What, you just looked at like a fake <laughs> listing website or something? <laughs> uh, it was like it was like a Google search results thing. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Got it. Oh, that's it. Or it was on IMDb where it says like Sean Astin and then in parentheses it says rumored. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I misspoke last week because I thought that Eli Roth actually like also directed this one, but he just presents it. Uh, yeah. and uh, is listed as a producer and then as the writer because I guess they just use the same script pretty much. Yeah. More or less. Yeah, this is the only uh, other one other than the original that he's actually like somewhat involved in. He didn't He didn't really work at all on the other two. Believe it or not. Yeah, they start selling their name after a while. It'll be uh, mm-hmm. you know, Eli Roth Presents. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Quentin Tarantino did some Presents. And mm-hmm. then... Uh, yep. I think Wes Craven presents back in the day. I think he did some of those too. Yep. Some yeah. Sam Raimi presents, you know, all that mm-hmm. fun stuff. Yeah. We're, we're, now we're, now we're into the uh, world of the Russo brothers present. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. 21 bridges. Yeah. 21. There's, that's how many bridges there are. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this movie, um, it's not just a remake. It's a, almost exactly the same film. <laughs> it is. Yeah, you, Tyler, I think you made a joke last week because we were like, it's a, it could be really similar. And you were like, Gus Van Zant, But yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, I made the Gus Van Sant uh, psycho joke. Mm-hmm. And I did not realize that I was predicting my own future <laughs> um, when it came to this. Uh, it is a lot of the same jokes. Um, A lot of things are minimized, but some things are improved. And I'm actually kind of excited to talk about like, it's rare that we get to revisit a, (laughs) uh, a first entry in a franchise like this. And to, yeah, yeah, to this extent, I, yes, I kind of like, I don't know what you guys want to do exactly here, but I feel like we should just talk through 
any comparisons we have because it is basically like there's no point in going through. Oh well, it's this is what happens. It's, next. The, it's, it's like, the, yeah, the yeah. same movie as the first movie. <laughs> yeah, with it's less charismatic exactly people. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there was no Game Boy Advance. That was disappointing. Yeah. That no. was disappointing. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I gotta say, when I was being brought on, they were telling me like, you know, so it's Cabin Fever, and we're just like kind of redoing that. I'm like, oh, okay, so just a remake, like, you know, like refreshing it up. He's like, actually, it's kind of like a shot for shot almost. And I was, <laughs> I asked him like, why? <laughs> right. Yeah. That he's is. Like, he's like, I don't know. Do you want the job? I'm like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's great. That's great. The yeah. answer is always yes. Well, yeah, it is weird. It is a little weird. It's like, who, who is this movie yeah, exactly. for? Have people not just watched the original one? It's so it's not weird. That old. And <laughs> like, I think in a remake, you would at least expect like some things to be more updated. Like even the idle chatter that they kind of had was exactly the same. And I was like, you could have at least update, like, even though it's not technically outdated, you could have just changed that stuff like the whole thing about the parents shower massager and like <laughs> any any like small talk was exactly the same yeah well i think that that's the thing that's really interesting about this is that like we had a pretty strong reaction to the first movie of them of it being like okay it was of the times let's give it the benefit of the doubt every single movie since that has kind of knocked down that hypo- that hypothesis where it's just like okay these movies are not <laughs> um stri- striving for anything greater than the first one and this movie has the opportunity to reshape this legacy and there are notable diversions yeah mm-hmm. but they're not where you would think they would be <laughs> at all yeah <laughs> I do think like watching through, I was like, Oh, I, I felt like there were, yeah, there's like you said, there's some notable things. And I did think there were a lot of like really yeah. small changes that like lean things a little bit into the better category sure, um, yeah. throughout the movie or um, yeah. So yeah, especially it's not in the script because the script is exactly the same, mm-hmm. but the way that they shoot um, the sex scenes or any, you know, affection action happening. And then the way that they shoot, uh, Paul and Marcy taking care of mm-hmm. uh, Karen. Karen. Yeah. Karen. Yeah. Um, even just the way that they shoot it, it is more caring, and so they do seem more like human people that actually care about their friend. Uh, but the script and and what they do is exactly the same. Yeah. But all the characters are more, more likable. Yeah. 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 But the but all of the actions are the same. They're not they're not raging assholes. That, that was the thing that I think like that I ended up liking the most. I was like, oh, man, they like really improved. Like, the, yes, they're more dull, but they also like don't become they do eventually sometimes some of them become raging assholes. But like after the movie has affected them to a certain point where yeah. it makes right. sense to be yelling at someone. <laughs> yeah, they become assholes in a way that actually makes sense yeah. instead of just being assholes for no reason to the point where you're even like how are any of these people friends and why did they even go on vacation together (laughs) which is a rather fascinating exercise in shooting the exact same script Mm -hmm. right yeah like it's the framing and it's the the actors and they're doing you know a lot more work here and not just trying to like let's just go bigger and crazier and whatever it is like it's a far more human story overall and i think that that's something that I'm going to say up front is like I respect that. I think that that's that's a plus of this film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it gets muddled by the fact that it is the same story beats as the first film. 
And that's, it is frustrating because like, you know, because are they talking down to us as an audience to basically remake something just to make bucks? Cause you know, the, the budget on this one was about 1.8. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't cost a lot. You know, there's not a lot of prints and advertising costs there as well, because they probably already have it set up as a deal. Like, Oh, cabin fever. I can sell it for X amount of dollars to that channel and to that network and this blah, blah, blah. So they already make their money back before they even shoot it. Um, but yeah, you know, the director has to put his spin on something by giving a little more character in this direction. But I feel bad for the for for that position because you're like, okay, I'm being asked to remake the same film. I don't want to say no to a job either. Yeah, you're right. No, for sure. Yeah, I just wonder who was the person like pushing this to happen. Yeah, I'm not was sure. Was it the director? It, it was it, was so, it Eli somebody, Roth? No, no. Somebody had some meeting that said, let's remake Cabin Fever, and then <laughs> money fell into place, and they was like, okay, let's just do it. And on that level, like the changes that were made uh, from the character who was the kind of unbelievable douchebag and shifting him into a gamer and shifting, you know, these <laughs> yeah. type of things is, is the, there, there are things that are creative license and trying to reconfigure things that do work in this movie. And I, I, I do want to give some credit to that at the same time when it's basically the same scenario being shot out, it's just like, okay, yeah, I get it. yeah and then some of the stuff that they choose to like pay tribute to is done in a very strange way like in the beginning pancakes pancakes (laughs) yeah Yeah, the dog's name pancakes and so you're like oh okay that's a reference to the pancakes kid from the other movie but then later when they get to that scene with the kid he still yells out pancakes for no reason and so it's like well was it referring to the dog or is it an homage or like what is you know like if you're gonna have the kid yell pancakes later why name the dog pancakes and that that, they named the dog indiana that (laughs) moment um yeah that moment with the yeah that moment with the uh the kid saying pancakes was definitely like the biggest fumble of the movie for me i was like as soon as it was about to happen i was like oh man what kind of are they gonna make this super weird like the last movie and no it was really boring he just runs up bites him and i have found out that this kid in this movie also knows jujitsu they just (laughs) didn't use it (laughs) yeah what the heck very very disappointed To me, the biggest the biggest disappointment of this movie for me is that they tell the exact same bowling alley story <laughs> yeah. with none of the dream like yeah. uh, haunting images. Do you think like uh, yeah, that was a weird moment too? But then I ended up thinking like, oh well, I guess it kind of like ramps up the tension of his story a bit more, like him telling it than cutting to these like odd odd moments. I I guess so. But I felt like that, that was one of the more effective scenes in the first movie for me. Yeah. But yeah. that's fair. Uh, but the dog is still named Dr. Mambo. So <laughs> that's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> and then you have like the bunny. The kid is wearing a bunny mask made out of paper plates, but there's no bunny anywhere. Um, and then also like when, you, when we <laughs> leave the kid for the first time, there's like a, a, a really cheap semi truck jump scare as well that's oh, yeah. a straight up pet cemetery, pet cemetery right? reference yeah. yeah yeah what were you saying Ryan? which oh yeah uh, was that was the bunny face in the first one the original not yes. the bunny face but there was an easter bunt there was a bunny 
Like there, there was, was like an a, Easter bunny in the hospital for no reason. Yeah. It was like a shining type moment. Right. Really darker moment. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought that the, the truck might have led right into the beginning of two with, with somebody getting hit by the truck and exploding. <laughs> well, wasn't that a bus? It was yeah, a bus. It was a bus. It was a bus, but fine. Like, but there was, a, but you know, like I thought I it just, was maybe like yeah. I, I didn't think that it was just a straight. Let's just do a shot from a different movie. I think that that's has nothing to do with this movie. I think that's more what it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Tyler, uh, uh, are we gonna see? Uh, are we gonna see directed by Tyler H. at some point in the future? Oh boy. <laughs> I mean, I do have an embarrassing last name, so maybe. But. <laughs> uh, I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's uh, boy. Let's uh, I did want to talk in the very beginning of the movie. Uh, since we we have Ryan here, I don't know if you you know know anything about this. I had actually I had asked you about this earlier. Um, but one of the first things at the very beginning of the movie, that I was like, huh, is <laughs> when they're driving up to the cabin. Um, and we hear what basically sounds like a total rip. I mean, is a total ripoff of the Wendy Carlos, uh, shining <laughs> score. Um, yes. do you know anything about, um, about that? Say, I mean, I, I, I wasn't there during the, the creative of the, uh, score, mm-hmm. but I do know what you're talking about and I'm looking at the cue sheet and I can just say, you know, our, our composer probably took inspiration from many places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I was like, what, how did they, did they have licensed this or what? Okay. All right. <laughs> was that politically correct enough? Yeah. Uh, that was yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I had a strong feeling and, and I wonder if there's a story behind this and if there's not, it's totally fine, but there's a scene in this movie that does differ from the first movie where uh, the writer strong character is being encouraged to murder his crush with a shovel in a <laughs> shit. Yeah, was, and this and the and and what this screamed to me is that the score over this moment it was like when they cut it together like this scene's not working at all <laughs> and so they really tried to make it like a tragedy the music's doing a lot of the heavy lifting here and what happens later on in the post credit sequence is showing that like she was trying to like fuck with this guy um, but yeah, we'll, I am curious we'll if there was that. ever a different cue there or if, or if, if there was ever a discussion of a different moment, because I definitely had the notion that the score was trying to rewrite the script in this <laughs> moment of the movie. <laughs> well, you know, the score is definitely there for, um, for a lot of uh, emotional uh, steering, you know, like we, we had such sure. a budget that we basically, begged within our quote requests you know it was uh when we're going out for the to obtain the rights to each songs i had in there like no budget we were pulling from other aspects of production Mm. only five songs in the film but i actually got cut down to three songs because we ran out we started even losing more money um so um the i I can tell you the only place where there was supposed to be a song that we ended up cutting which i think dramatically shifted a tone was in the beginning Mm -hmm. um 
And that was at, right after the tragic death of Pancakes, the dog. There, <laughs> it, it goes into like an aerial shot of like, you know, like people driving in and all that stuff. And it's kind of like the introduction of, um, you know, and we had this up-tempo, acoustic, really fun song just kind of to drive the juxtaposition. You come from the death of Pancakes to this happy, like, go lucky. We're Kids are going on vacation. They're going to the cafe. Exactly. But yeah. then they, they opted to say, okay, we ran out of money for that too. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> thank you for clearing it. But no, we have to go ahead and uh, and make that score. And so I didn't know what it was going to be until uh, until playback. And when I watched it, it was um, I'm like, wow, you went the other way with that. It was all dark and ominous and toneful. And it was just, you're like, well, now I just went from dark scene to dark score to obviously everything you're going to do here going forward is going to be like, well, who's that person? And that person's a, <laughs> and that's a look at that hillbilly deliverance, you know? Yeah. And so it just kept the same flat tone and didn't give any of those hills and valleys that, you know, we like as an audience to mm-hmm. change our emotion. Um, so, but, but um, so that's the only scene I can really speak to having um a song placement in mind and then it went the other way tonally that's super fascinating yeah <laughs> i would say the overall tone of this movie is definitely way more serious than the, the first film we talked about yeah. like yeah. how it was a little bit all over the place is it a comedy is it like a gross horror film you know um and this one decides to take everything way seriously, except for, you know, saving a few of the random jokes that don't really make any sense <laughs> throughout the movie. Um, so, so Eliz, I have a question for you. Yes. Does taking a totally misogynistic movie and gender swapping some of the roles fix everything? Um. <laughs> Yes. So, I mean, no. Uh, yes. Sorry. I mean, yes, I have thought on this. No, it does not fix it. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. I was leading you to a question there. Yeah, yeah. The, the, that question was phrased uh, very strangely. But anyways. Yeah. Um, so, Winston is a lady this time, mm-hmm. which... I For guess no is reason, good, guess. but at the same time, they don't change any of the dialogue so instead of being like oh it's better that it's a lady it's just like well this is just also an extremely creepy lady that's telling this guy to you know like that's objectifying this girl and making these just strange party on party man it doesn't really make it any better that it's a girl especially in like the way that she's acting it doesn't sound particularly like if if she had said it like in a sarcastic way or if she had looked at him like she was judging him like oh you must like to party you know that would be different but instead she just plays it kind of straight exactly like the other winston did and so you're just kind of like well this is just like a really lascivious yeah. creepy lady yeah. <laughs> with a with an eye scar yeah, that is never really Weird ass car. Yeah. addressed. Yeah. At least she doesn't like tell that. She doesn't tell a story about like going to try and have sex with a bunch of guys or anything like. Because he doesn't. Didn't Winston tell a whole story about like, yeah, man, you got to go up and see the girls at this place. Da, da, da. He yeah. did tell that story, but it did. But it still seemed like that she was objectifying. Yeah, yeah, his yeah, love for sure. Yeah, it was very strange because then I was like, well, are they trying to say she's a lesbian? But then it didn't really seem like that either because she was also kind of being creepy, like directly towards him. So <laughs> yeah. it was just very confusing. I don't know. And then who was who also swapped? There was somebody uh, else. Uh, when, when the Rider Strong character left after they've put his oh, love yeah, interest so- in the shed. 
<laughs> that he saw he saw a dude instead of a lady. That's right. Exactly. But he so he this he's is my husband the, the mobile home. <laughs> And the lady comes out and says, why are you looking at my house or whatever? But like at the same time, it's like all of these people have a point. Like, why do you start looking in the window before you even try knocking? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like if you're going to a house, you need help. You knock on the door. Okay, no one answers. Then maybe you look in the window. But why do you go straight to looking in the window? Like who does that? Also, I love the idea of this movie. Like, oh, it's 2016. It's there. Like, at least in the original version, there was like, oh, cell phones. Like, they're not as good. Like, now it's like, just walk as long as you need to walk to get a signal and call. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no reason to go peeping Tom into trailers. Like you, you'll get a signal. You just got to walk long enough. And it's not like it was a a hot guy. They made it like this schlubby, you know, nerdy guy that yeah. like you spied on our lovemaking or whatever. I did it is. think I, I did think that was really funny because, like, yeah, knowing thinking back to the first movie, I was like, man, he was really looking at that girl. And now I was like, dude was peeping on a guy. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's That's a lot of scenes that are fixed in this version that just end up feeling like wastes of time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. You mentioned Tyler the the scene with uh, um, Paul going to kill Karen. We don't get uh, we miss oh, out yes. on the awesome like um, s- smiling teeth thing, but we do get a really right gross... like the, the, the dead alive like we, yeah thing. We get a, yeah. This 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 scene was so funny because um, for me I was like it, it went from one minute being like oh man this is awesome they changed this to be really serious and sad to yeah. like a fucking scene out of looney tunes scary movie parody film or something i mean we criticized him in the first movie for killing her with the shovel instead of just shooting her right and so right. this time i'm like oh great he's just gonna shoot her that's so much better it's more humane and then okay he has no bullets and so it's like all right fine he goes for the shovel he hits her with like it's- this guy has <laughs> never done any kind of like physics or any kind of like manipulation of physical objects in any way to think that stabbing the shovel down into her open mouth is a good idea instead of taking the flat end of the shovel and like what yeah maybe if you're gonna stab her stab her in the heart like i don't it's you guys real quick if i asked you to kill me with a shovel how would you do it and describe it in detail I guess I would try to <laughs> chop your head off with it. Not I would try yeah, to so stop right. your right brain. Right, right to the neck. Yeah, to the yeah. neck, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's got bad aim. Uh, well, I just didn't I just liked, you know, she's begging Thank you guys, your true friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's begging for uh, you know, her him to kill her and you know, yeah, the gun doesn't work and he's in a shed. There's got to be like, you know, he looks and there's like a bunch of tools. <laughs> on the shelf and i know they used a <laughs> shovel in the first movie but I, like in this one it plays out like this dude just chose the worst possible thing he could have chosen to try to kill her and then when that doesn't work she's really grossly like do it again or yeah. something and then she he probably would have passed out yeah but... and then he's like wait a minute i have another terrible idea the worst possible thing we could do you know it's i know what'll like... kill her quick <laughs> a giant it's fire this will be painless yeah, yeah. everybody knows that you 
pass out from the fire before you die. So there's no point in putting the lighter fluid on her body, which is also extremely painful yeah. with all the open sores. It's like, if you must use no, fire, light either. the shed on fire and let her suffocate from the smoke. <laughs> yes. So- I love this train of thought, by the way. Because that's not what I was no. thinking at all. <laughs> the whole scene How about is so a ridiculous. plastic bag? How about drown her? Smother her with a pillow? Literally anything other than what he does. He he lives, yeah. If I ever need to be mercy killed, I need you to do it. I will. <laughs> <laughs> you put logic. You put thought into it. That's yeah, it. you did. You did. Oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> but at least this time... The finger banging scene seems to be consensual. Yeah, she's, she's awake. totally awake. Yes. They make a point that she's awake. I there was a part of this movie where I thought that they would just go, "Nope, I'm going back to sleep." <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, and the scene's not even as gross. It's it's like no. it's yeah. more like oh, he was making his way there, and then she started feeling pain. It wasn't yeah, like he, he did it for get, two minutes. Like, yeah. There is a disgusting <laughs> amount of hair on his hand. That's true. But at least she's awake. She seems to actually want to. She wants this. Yes. To uh, engage in some sort of activity with him at the very least. Despite um, them having the exact same interaction on the weird floating dock in the lake. Yeah. yeah. But I, I thought a lot about this and like, I don't think that just the fact that she's awake and that it's slightly consensual. I don't think that that really is. It's not like some amazing feminist, you know, revolution from the first <laughs> one. It's just like, okay, great. You did the bare minimum so that <laughs> yeah. this character is not a rapist. Yeah. Okay? yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I exactly. Don't know. Hey, it's so better. I kind of want to be like, oh, good job. You made it better. But at the same time, I'm like, it's the, you know, it was so horrible in the first place that better is still not really good. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to 2020. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I feel like we, we, you know, we've got Ryan here. We should talk about the the couple uh, source cues that made made it into the movie. And maybe um, you had mentioned uh, a couple scenes that, well, you had already talked about the one in the beginning. But uh, I guess the, the, I only really, I, I know there's three in the credits. I only really remember two moments. Like one when they're first jumping into the lake and then it like smashes into a song while the other two people are having sex, right? Yeah, yeah. Now that was uh you know, we 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 did a very quick search on that one. Um people pitched knowing there would be no budget. It was more for, you know, like, hey, association, we'll give you what we have. We I think we might have even done a step deal, I don't even know. But we got Saint Lucia for that one, I believe. That was uh you know, it was nice to have that. And uh we we definitely appreciate it. I think it it's a nice happy chilling song and it uh i think it worked well there and it's um yeah yeah i like that one nothing nothing too deep there (laughs) (laughs) i wanted Um, to get esoteric with the director i'm like well what's your intention with this film like what are what is your intention as a director you know as a rebooting this but no he it wasn't it wasn't anything deep for this like in terms of approaching it with a a whole music idea in mind that we didn't really play a character in the film. It's just, we had to check a few boxes that we could afford and just push the story forward. It is super interesting with that in mind where it's like, you know, I think that so much of the first film and the, the cabin fever series is about playing with a trope of a bunch of teenagers going to a cabin in the woods. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And for this movie, like they intentionally changed something. So it's not a shot for shot remake. Like the idea of making this douchebag dude, this gamer guy who has an automatic weapons and whatever it, it's, there's intent in terms of what they're trying to say. So it's not like there's not, I was going to do a double negative, not, not a point of view of, <laughs> of, Let's change this. Let's bring this up to 2016 and the interaction with the infamous finger banging scene and <laughs> uh, the shed murder scene and, and <laughs> other things. Uh, but it, it really dances on the line of not having a statement. Like mm. it, like the, I think that that's the thing that's the most, for me, disappointing about this movie where it, has a chance to do something that's really fun and freeing and the 2016 version. Cause I feel like the thing that's the that people have uh, kind of gathered around for the first movie is that it's just so batshit. Yeah. Like it was just <laughs> swinging for the fences in terms of like, there's this crazy scene and there's this crazy scene. And like, this is kind of watered down in comparison. And I didn't, have to be in a way i think that they made choices that were good choices and i I, and i'm i don't know what the limitation what the what ceiling they felt and it seems like it could have been budget and that's totally real and legitimate um but it's really interesting the things that they decided to change and the things that they decided to keep exactly the same yeah, like they decided to have that one girl still take a an awkwardly long canoe trip across the a, a very small looking lake for no reason. Yep. And and yep. in that scene, like they they the they surprise her on the dock and they don't even go into the house. Like there was that yep. whole scene in the house in the other movie. This one, they're just like, nope, no people here. I guess turn back around in your canoe. See you in. There was a point hours. where I got semi distracted and I came back and I thought she was on one of those floaty bicycles. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's an amazing change. <laughs> I think if you're going to redo it like and not really change the script, you should at least and I mean, OK, so they took out those super, super offensive, you know, just morally objectionable stuff. Right. Yeah. And but they didn't change the script. And then I don't think that the effects were really better. Like to me, remaking something, the part of it would be like, oh, we have so much better, you know, effects now. But it. Yeah. It wasn't really. They did go. They did go a little bit harder with the uh, the shaving scene. The leg shaving scene. The beginning of it was a little bit better, but then like what? Like what? She her nipple falls yeah. off. That was supposed to be. Yeah, that's what I was like. Was that her nipple? It just looked like a dumpling or something. Like it didn't look like her nipple, especially because the one thing that they've made sure you know about this girl is that she has nipple just piercing. Pierce, pierce, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then when her boob falls off into her hand, no piercing. So like what? And also, she was not shaving there. It was very confusing. It yeah. was like, I was like, was it a clump of leg? <laughs> no, <laughs> like when she, she, yeah, like. she comes walking outside totally naked, and I'm pretty sure one of her nipples has fallen off. No, yeah, later That's it's the clarif- only reason I knew it was oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It's cl- later it's clarified, but I don't think it's justified. <laughs> no, <laughs> they, maybe they shot like her pulling it off and the someone was like no no that's too that's too gross yeah. i'm sure that they did so one thing that i also thought was kind of better is that 
instead of just falling in the nasty reservoir out of his own stupidity, he is attacked by the hobo that's kind of like in the water. But um, again, we're getting back to zombies. Like, yeah, he's a zombie I had that same yeah. zombie type thought there. <laughs> but I did like that. Like, he's been dead in the water for what? 24 hours and he's like i'm fine i'm like i can attack you now yeah, yeah. that's true he does like a jason jump out of the which way. is fine <laughs> like i'm fine I, I i don't think that the rules of this universe are set so. yeah i just thought the only it. reason it's better is because he doesn't make the stupid choice to like climb down that ladder and flip the body over for no reason yeah be like oh what's that a dead body <laughs> yeah no, they do. They do some of that nostalgic horror horror film stuff in this. You know, mm-hmm. even yeah. when horror films feel like they've um, structurally uh, moved on from this, but this was kind of like a retro remake to something where there are those Friday Thirteenth jump out of the lake moments or that gratuitous "Why is he killing her that way?" <laughs> movement. Um, sure. But you know, it's a tough film to remake because when this original came out, wasn't that during like the heyday of all like the, those gore films, like. Um, it was the, it was the first one. It, it was, was like yeah. it was like kind of the um oh god, I was going to say a Paul Revere metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it was before all the like torture porn movies had yeah, come out. Yeah, it was just the start of it. Yeah. <laughs> um what else? There there's other uh the way Bert goes out is a little bit different and I thought uh I thought that was a better change too. He doesn't, he doesn't like, uh, get to kill anybody in the, <laughs> in the house. Um, he just kind of shows up and it, I thought his death was a bit more like tension filled. And there's this whole scene of him getting chased through the woods. It's a bit more well shot than the first movie too. I With thought his whole character was better, but less memorable. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Did you enjoy the performance from um, the first uh, attempt to clone Thomas Middleditch? Yeah. From from Asian <laughs> Dale Petey? Yeah. He uh, looks a lot better I as know. Petey. He yeah. does. He yeah, does. he does. He does. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it was, it was real dumb. <laughs> I had, I had issues with it. Um, Oh, uh, Elis, I was going to mention, uh, they, they still have that detour where they go and find the lady at the farm. Um, yeah. did, you, did you look up that actress at all? Her? No. I only looked up the child actor as I <laughs> want to do. Well, I was like, for whatever reason, I, I, you know, I didn't recognize her or anything, but I was just like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if it was like the same lady from the first one or something? And I just thought I'd looked and it turns out that that lady is... Uh, Plays the iconic role of woman in car in the uh, Twin Peaks: The Return scene, where what? she's like, where oh, she's like, the puking I'm, thing. Yeah, I'm late for dinner. Da, da, da. Oh my god, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, the the hog lady in the uh, yeah yeah yeah. The, like, <laughs> okay. It's almost like a wannabe Kathy Bates from like uh, yeah Disney or something. <laughs> yeah yeah. Did did that happen before or after this movie? It had to be after, right? After. It had to be after, after. Yeah yeah yeah. Because that was just like a couple years ago. That's wow. amazing. That's so cool. <laughs> I, I have so, so much more respect for her now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was kind of doing the very similar thing where she's like, don't you see? Uh, she's talking about other people's names. <laughs> yeah. Like Tommy's not going to eat this. this very these pigs are dead. <laughs> yeah. We're a ranting old lady. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> was this movie up. filmed in the Pacific Northwest? That could be part of it. Too. I think it's in Oregon at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's Oregon plates. Yeah. Okay. 
um the the kid uh, let me just do the child star check-in um so this kid derek means he is from the washington oregon area yeah dennis um and he was in this film and a bunch of commercials um as well as multiple television uh like docu-series with uh reenactments of people escaping from cults like he was in (laughs) multiple different series about escaping from a cult where he played a little kid in the reenactment um so you know i don't know but yeah he does know jujitsu so it's kind of weird they didn't have him do karate uh you know like in the past it says that he knows how he plays baseball, fishing, frisbee, ice hockey, ice skating, jump rope. This kid scooter. plays fishing. <laughs> roller skating, rollerblading, running, snowboarding, soccer, and trampoline. Uh, so good for him. And uh, I, his Instagram is private, uh, like most teens these days. But Smart. the information does say, 10th grade student, play hockey, and a lot of games. <laughs> play Sick. hockey so yeah <laughs> nice so that's what's up with uh, derek uh yeah dope he's still in Recon. school <laughs> he yeah. play hockey bro he play hockey <laughs> um <laughs> one of the other uh like so, so one of the other changes that i kind of thought was fun that comes towards the end um there's still that weird scene where paul you know on his way to try to find help after he finally escapes like he uh he still happens upon, you know, Winston and her like weird campfire party that they're having. Um, and instead of like her driving him back or whatever, she says like, yeah, man, no, I'll get, I'll, I'll let you live. I'm not going to kill you right here, but I'll give you a tip. If you go this other direction down that path there, it's a shortcut. It'll take you to the road. Uh, and, um, so we don't get this whole scene where Paul ends up at the hospital and somehow gets back out and blah, blah, blah. Instead, he just goes down this trail and it turns out that she totally fucked him over <laughs> and sent him on some Winston. Yeah, I have, I actually have a clip because I think oh it God. also illustrates, it helps to illustrate the ridiculous, uh, over the top seriousness of this, of this movie. Um, this is also one of the score cues where I was like, oh, man, they totally asked the composer to rip off, uh, you know, the John Murphy uh, 28 Days Later score in this moment. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. But here, let me play it. This, this is one of the last things we hear from Paul uh, in Cabin Fever 2016. Fucking lie to me, Winston. Let's go fucking run out of here. Think it's done? No! <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that went on for a long time. Yeah, the the, the music is just like, <laughs> like fuck yeah. Uh, it's just I thought that was so funny were there any other cues that you pulled because as i was watching this movie i was like oh man this is a soundboard movie that's all i pull i mean the rest of it (laughs) was the rest of it was just like uh, i mean honestly i was watching 
I was watching this movie and I was like, oh, I should take notes. And then about like five minutes in, I was like, no, I'm not taking notes in this. It's the same movie. And, um, you know, I, 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 you know, I watched the movie obviously, but I also was like, you know, looking away a lot. Cause it is a lot of the very same stuff. So it is, I was like, oh, I don't need to watch them. Uh, you know, Paul cheat on his girlfriend again or whatever. <laughs> one, one thing that was sort of weird that I took notes on, um, I watched this on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. You guys probably did too, but I'm a uh, closed caption person. I always sure. watch the captions. And this movie had, like, I started noticing it about midway through, but I didn't start writing it down till the very end. It had multiple typos of yeah. homonyms. Like, you know, <laughs> so like the one that I wrote down was multiple times when they're going back and forth about, um, we're going to, uh, you need to shoot him on sight. Like, that should be sights. Like, shoot him when you see him, right? Like, S-I-G-H-T. Every time, like, they get, went back and forth saying it, and it said, shoot on sight. S-I-T-E. Like, when he is there, I yeah. guess. Like, Brett, bring him to the police station and then shoot him in the face. He's yeah. got to be shot. He's got to be shot on sight. got to be shot on that sight. Is, on that is sight. the beauty of outsourcing right there. So, yeah. Uh, That's amazing. <laughs> Caption quality control, please. Um, That's interesting yeah. about about sequels uh, in general, which is the whole premise of your guys' podcast, mm-hmm. is yeah. that a lot of them make the mistakes of redoing the same jokes. Like, oh, we did it in the first one. Let's do it again in the second one. Like, oh my, they laughed the first time, they laughed the second time. And we all know that's a big mistake. But like when you're rebooting a franchise, it's – to, to repeat all the same things you know, for the most part, 95% of them is just like, it, it just feels like lazy filmmaking. And, and like I said earlier in the beginning of the podcast, it just, it's almost talks down us, you know? Yeah. So I wish, I wish they did something that was a whole new take on it, modernizing it. But, yeah. They even in that, in that weird like confrontation with Winston at the end, they even have that same moment where like, the guy hits someone with uh, his guitar and she's all, <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Cause like the guitar, it, there's a moment where it's like, Oh shit, I broke the guitar. And then it cuts down to this girl and she's like totally fucked up and it's like guitar all in her face. And then she's yeah, still, cre- yeah, she's still credited in the credits as harmonica girl, even yeah. though like, I don't remember. She's it, not the harmonica. Girl, they don't play yeah. that whole scene up like they did in the other movie where it was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I thought that was kind of weird. It's it's a really interesting thing where this movie has moments where it breaks away from the script of the first one only to dramatically and nonsensically revert back to the gravity of of the original source material. And I think that from what we were talking about when we first watched this Cabin Fever, what was it, 2004? Is that right? Uh, Yeah, I think it's 2002. Yeah. 2002. We're like, there's something here. Like there's something crude here. There's something that hasn't aged well here, but like I, we, we can see why this movie, these movies have sequels. Mm -hmm. We've been proven wrong about this, (laughs) Um, but this was a real opportunity that I thought that the filmmakers that whether it was budgetary or whether it was script or whatever it was, there's moments where there's, there's meaningful departures that are interesting. 
but they inevitably arc back to the meme mm-hmm. of the original film, which from everything we talked about was flawed. Well, oh yeah, go ahead, Elis. I was going to say, I really hate when people comment on movies, especially sequels, and they say, this didn't need to exist. You know, I don't like right. that because I think that's like, first of all, who are you to say something should or shouldn't exist? And that's why I like the premise of our podcast is because, you know, right. we give every sequel a fair trial. We watch it no matter what. We're not here to say, you know, before we've even seen it, it doesn't need to exist. Like we just watch it and then talk about like what it was. But this is so similar to the first one that I actually sort of start to fall back on like this shouldn't exist, which I hate <laughs> saying. So... Yeah. Well, which, it's also- we, which I will say after a hundred episodes, we have not said. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No matter what. Yeah, we're very like I think uh, none of us like to fall back on that as a no. as a common comment on anything. But um, well, yeah, and, and, I don't know. And it is interesting that like you know, uh, out of all the movies we watched, like this one, this is the one that's on Netflix. This is the one that's on Netflix, uh, yeah, which the most people true. have. And, uh, you know, the original one's not on Netflix. I can't remember if you guys streamed it somewhere um, or what. But We did 2B for the second one. But, no, we had to rent the first uh, we, one. We all had to pay for the first yeah, one. Yeah, so there you I go. I paid for it on Redbox. That yeah. means there's probably a lot of people seeing this movie first and only. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean. Which yeah. is less offensive than the first movie. Yeah, yeah that's but, true. Uh, yeah, but also I feel like less... Uh, less creative yeah you know? yeah yeah so well not- you know, I'm, I'm looking online i'm looking and seeing that it's different production companies obviously they form one per film but i mm-hmm. uh, i think they just sold the rights and someone's like okay i gotta cash in now if i bought these for you know a million dollars let's just use that easy number then they got to make you know four or five million back or something in order to make it worth it so i think that's kind of like why they did it because this is yeah you do get left with why mm-hmm. <laughs> you know even though as bad as sequels can get like you look at the terminator franchise you know like eventually you go oh man you missed the mark again but at least they're trying but this one didn't do anything that is in the try uh category. yeah <laughs> Ju- did this go into theaters justin did you, did you look up what it made uh it says the box office on wikipedia says thirty nine thousand. So okay. <laughs> I don't think so uh, limited. So limited theater. It says, yeah, it says limited released and then video on demand, uh, February twelfth, two thousand sixteen. So yeah, I, I think it, the I, awards they released it for the awards. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it comes from IFC Midnight as a distributor, so they are definitely into this kind of like you know low budget horror Streaming. film. Yeah, well, so yeah. the first right. one made eight point four. It's opening weekend. Yeah, and gross twenty one. Yeah, exactly. So it, it was pretty. It was pretty successful, and that was the 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 previous films I believe were with Lionsgate. Uh, so yeah, and now now there seems like Lionsgate's not involved. The, in I one. mean, this movie, like as you said, it it seemed like that it already had made its money before. You know, like it was like okay, we have a profit margin. Uh, we just need to spend this amount of money, and we will make a profit because mm-hmm. we've already sold it. So just do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, Tyler, did you stay for the credits? Oh, I, I did actually this time. Yes. It's pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. Yes. I, I think we need to break down just exactly what the fuck is going on in this. We do. In this, um, so wait, this the first scene. part of the credits is the cleanup, right? The, mm-hmm. 
the murdering and burning of everything, which I actually think I did like this better as a credits montage instead of trying to be shoved into the end of the movie the way it sort of was in the first one where you're kind of like, is there a government conspiracy? Is this the police? I don't even know. This one, it was like, okay, they're just, they're cleaning it up. They're getting rid of everything. Yeah, and it's okay. not a shady like burn all the bodies and kill everybody. Yeah, it's no, just like- <laughs> no, it's just like clean it up, burn everything. You know that was better. Um, but then yes, go on to the mid credits, Justin. So then, yeah, you're like, uh, you know, the, yeah, the credits start and you're seeing this stuff, and I was like, oh man, is this going to be like the patient zero credits where they like reveal some crazy thing as we go through? Yeah, uh, it was the mice. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so the, there's only one like little mid credits, post credits thing, uh, and all of a sudden it, we're seeing like a cityscape, you know, like a city skyline, uh, and we see some girl who we don't know on her bed scrolling her phone, you know, looking at social media on her phone. And she's like having a good time. Ooh, looking at, look at my friend's posts. We, and then social she, media. she, she gets to, I guess, Karen's posts. And she's like, Oh wow. Cool. Karen's having fun. Let's look at the next photo. Oh, she's having a great time. Ooh, fun. Ooh. And then she gets to the next photo and it's like a photo of Karen in, in the shed. And she's like, Ooh, Karen, why'd you post this? Who? Not a good, gross. not a good Your look, Karen. <laughs> not a good look, Karen. She she swipes the next one. I was like, oh god, her face, Karen. You you know you got to look good for the gram. And then she swipes again, and it's a photo of, it's a photo, I guess, of Paul about to hit her with the hammer. Or sorry, the the shovel. The shovel. And then this is the no, photo where she's like, be better. yeah, exactly. This is the photo where the girl <laughs> looking at it is like, huh, what? And then runs away. And then that's the end. And I, I'm very curious to see what you guys think is going on here. Like, what the fuck is going on? Because it does not make sense to me. <laughs> does it make uh, sense to so you? She apparently set up a camera because she felt Two slighted by her, by, yeah, by her friends. And so she is coaxing him to kill her, mm. uh, to frame him. That's that's great. I love that you I love that you think that uh, she had time to post those photos while she was burning to death. <laughs> I don't I don't think that. Well, and it's way too I'm late. I'm just trying like... I'm just trying to tell you what the movie thinks it's trying to tell me. Well, I know, but I was like, yeah, I thought that too, but I was like, how the who are You remember there was like that photos? one year where Facebook and iPhones had some sort of integration that would like automatically post every photo you take. And then immediately people were like, uh, no bad. Don't do not want. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it went away, but that was like way before this. Oh yeah. I mean, she mentioned something earlier in the movie about like, okay, there's no service, but my photos are still posting. It just takes a really long time. Which yeah. is not how that works at all, but fine. Yeah, I don't know when she set up the two cameras from two different directions. <laughs> and, uh, I like thinking that, like, maybe someone who was cleaning up the site found it. I mean, she still set up the camera, I guess, but she didn't actually post them herself. Someone else is, like, trying to expose the murder that happened. Or something. I, had a, I had a darker <laughs> take on this. I had a darker take on this of, like, the... the uh, Never mind. I, no, well, I, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. No, we have to hear it. <laughs> it's, you uh, can't. Or, or it's just like the filmmakers. I don't want to say the filmmakers. That somebody at some point thought that, well, we gender swapped all these other things. And so now we have to have this other thing where like bitches just cannot be trusted. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just thought that it was like a very stupid, poorly thought out attempt at like, Social media, bad, millennials, dumb, you know, like. (laughs) 
Well, I was like, that is makes, this? That makes as much sense as the thing that I just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, you know, I was just like, oh, Which is this very small? Supposed to? <laughs> is this literally just supposed to be like a sequel setup? Is that like her sister or something? And she's gonna go try to get it's revenge Sean on no Aston's one's daughter. Oh, well, also, I think you know what it is. It's it, it's you know another layer of mystery. Look at us. We're sitting here trying to ponder this. Like, what do they mean? <laughs> I know. God, we'll be thinking about this I movie forever. Know. We've, We've spent more time talking it. about it than the people that made it and put it into the credits. <laughs> <laughs> Who posted the photos? <laughs> uh, there was also we forgot. Uh, you know, the the very end of the movie before the credits happen is like Paul is you know basically dead in the woods, and like from around the corner comes. Dennis, I guess, with his rabbit mask for no yep. reason. Not sure what's going on there. Oh, it's for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> he just sneaks out like, I'm here too. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Make it right of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the way that it ends kind of almost adds credence to this theory that they were like, just get this freaking movie out and we don't even care. Because the first movie, like, not that it was really setting up a sequel, but it at least set up something that been like, oh, like, and the disease lives on. Like, yeah. this one didn't even do that in any way. Well, like, it weirdly, I mean, this one weirdly has, like, the other guy, Jeff, or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, he, he dies and is the one who is, like, dying and in the reservoir, like, and we had seen at the very end that he actually did get the disease, in this one, as opposed to the last one where he only drank beer. This one he did. Oh, yeah, it's wash- he drank water after he puked. Yeah, he washes his mouth out with the water. <laughs> I was like, that's not fun. But it doesn't really matter if Jeff falls in the water or not. The water's already infected from exactly. the hobo guy. Yeah, doesn't make or sense. Hermit guy, Who whatever. is not a hobo? <laughs> Sorry, a hermit. <laughs> yeah, he had, he, had a, he had a pop-up camper in this one. The owner of Pancakes, yeah. the dog. <laughs> yeah. The dog, not the boy. Or the who food. also says pancakes. <laughs> the, the, I was like, the boy's name is not Pancakes. No. <laughs> Damn it, Pancakes. What did I tell you about biting people? <laughs> it, uh, that, was the, that was the point that was the most painful <laughs> of like just reciting the same lines is when the gamer dude stole the Snickers and then oh, made yeah. the same quip. And that was the point where I was just like, oh, no. And they, they made it, you know, they just had to include the fox piss thing. Hey, yes. they took out that weird joke about the gun. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> they took out the horribly offensive uh, N-word yeah. that wasn't funny. Like, and they surprise, also surprise. made uh, the, the main characters, you know, foray to have sex with the other girl while his love of his life was dying in a barn. Uh, they they gave more story reasons for that to happen. It came together yeah, a little bit more nicer. organically. Yeah, yeah, because instead of her being like, "Oh, when you're on a plane, you just want to like f somebody," and then smash cut, <laughs> yeah. her, like you know, riding on top. <laughs> like instead, they like hug, they cry, they're like, "Oh, I'm supporting you," and then yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like okay, so it's like two seconds of hugging somehow just makes it so. Much it less does, but it does though. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It all helps. It all. And helps. then after that, he actually like instead of pouring listerine on his dick like they did in the first movie, he like goes <laughs> out and tries to like help Karen again and check on her and like okay, like you didn't forget her completely. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. right. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, Tyler, you got a uh, 
Oh, I don't know that I do. Wait, think about it. Ryan, was there any other things about this movie that you remember or wanted to say that we did not hit yet? Um, absolutely not. <laughs> this, is, this is probably one of the shallowest films I've worked on in terms of them going in there creatively to accomplish something in particular. You know, like I said, there's three source cues and they're not even used to the plaints where you're like, oh my God, what a, what a great opportunity for a song that I wouldn't have thought of. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't happen in this film. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know. Ooh, okay. What do I got here? Um, it's really hard because it's the same movie. <laughs> mm. I can't remember. We were shouting something earlier in the episode and I already forgot. That would have been I good. feel like how many needless <laughs> ca- canoe trips would you give? Out of 10. Yeah, Cabin Fever 2016, the remake. Uh, reboot. I'm going to... What? Reboot. Yeah, yes, the reboot. The reboot. Yes. Yeah, the reboot. Um, I'm going to give it uh, three needlessly long canoe trips um, <laughs> <laughs> out of 10. Uh, which I think was probably the, what I gave the last movie to, I think, um, something like that. Uh, you know, this movie is, uh, not great, but you know, I can't remember. I, I think we gave, I think I gave the first one like a five or something. Um, I think that this one does change some things and, you know, for the better, for the better, for sure. Like I was incredibly excited that, yeah, like I said, the, the characters were not total assholes in this one. They, they, they show real human emotions. Even, even Jeff at the end when he comes back, um, and he's still at the end of his long scene, he still has a moment where he's like, "I didn't die, I survived." But before that, he like is genuinely like, "Oh my god, Bert, like what the fuck?" But yeah. then he kind of like out of this crazy emotion gets into this like, "Oh my god, I survived." But right, this movie operates on the premise that these friends like each yeah, other. Yeah, they're actually friends. <laughs> um, and all these, you know, I did have I did have some weird fun watching this movie, like crossing my fingers that this scene wouldn't happen or something like like the yeah. scene with Paul and the other girl i was like oh man i hope it doesn't happen because i kind of couldn't remember what part of the movie yeah well, I, was like, I was like oh they skipped it great <laughs> yeah. great awesome maybe not um but yeah in in the end it's like you know yeah like we've said it's like why bother making this movie i i get they made some changes but not anything significant significant enough to be like oh man this is the definitive version of cabin fever yeah I, it was the bare minimum to make it not problematic yeah i do yeah. i do agree with elis that like you know some of the teeth of of the the creative teeth is taken out uh yes. from from what we experienced in the original film even though watching that movie you have to deal with lots of really really awful language and offensive moments. Um, the, the creative spark is still more interesting in that movie than anything here. Yeah. Uh, I would also give it three needless canoe trips and I actually enjoyed canoeing, but anyway, (laughs) um, three, because yeah, everything Justin said and you know, in the end, even though this one is less offensive and I'm sure people who want to say, oh, Elos just wants everything to be nicer to women and minorities, like, would think that I would like this one more. I think I would actually rather watch the first one again <laughs> if I had to or show it to someone because, yes, it did have those horribly offensive moments and awful characters. But yeah, the creativity, the um, 
the disease itself and the makeup and the effects and just kind of the way that it's made is just like more exciting, more creative. Um, you know, it's, it's doing something, mm-hmm. you know, yep. uh, whether or not you like it, it's, it's a thing at least. And this is just such nothingness. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I, I want to like the first one is at least it's, it's hard to tell if it's trying to be, um satire or you know it's there's enough out out there things where it's like the intentions are unknown 10 years later you know you understand what this thing is and to do it line by line and only change what this movie changes i I feel like three's high you guys like i feel like that this movie had has there been another thing from any franchise that we've done that has been a just straight up remake like this not like this chucky was a remake but totally different this made me really appreciate the chucky remake like i think the chucky remake in comparison to this is fantastic Mm -hmm. it's really good Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that do, remaking something like this and capturing something like this is really hard. And I think it's even more hard because I think a lot of the allure of the original Cabin Fever was hearkening back to, you know, 70s and 80s horror and having those tropes. And so updating those references is already three or four times removed. And I think that that's, that's really hard. Um, and so I think that some of that untangible intangible magic from the first one is those references and to bring them into this and to do it it's not shot by shot but it is uh kind of sullies that magic so i i'm gonna have to go one needless canoe trip okay dang dang yeah can i weigh in on this yeah if you you feel comfortable go for it I'm actually going to go along with Tyler here and I'm going to go ahead and throw one canoe trip on this as well. <laughs> um, you know, when, you, when you have the same writer as the original and, and all that stuff, and the guy basically probably spent a half hour on the screenplay cause he just copy and pasted and then changed a few <laughs> lines here and there. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, it becomes, you start rooting for the film to do something different. And it's like, you did nothing. You didn't even get a new screenwriter. It's like the laziest form of filmmaking possible. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think that uh, we deserve better. For sure. And Come there's on. some there there for this, you know, like there was there's other stuff to do and say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, that's disappointing. But that's going to be kind of funny how this is the most recent and we're in a pandemic right now where that third movie, which was older, had a lot more things that are like relevant to our lives yeah. right now. And we're like, Oh, we have a movie about an infectious disease. Like, let's talk about some of the, you know, even though it was completely bonkers, like let's do some of the science and you know, whatever. But this one, you know, it, it didn't do that. <laughs> well, we can, we can keep our, right there. Yeah. We can keep our good opportunity here to uh, because really because it's all about the psychology of everything, you know, of everyone freaking out and all that stuff and and not knowing what to do and your enemies invisible, kind of like today. And you know, I think we've all seen the ugly side of society, not not to this degree, which is you know cartoonish, thank God, um, with shovels and stuff. (laughs) But the uh, but like people freaking out and 
buying up all the food they can, buying up all the toilet paper they can still. And it's kind of, uh, you see the worst in society. And uh, I think the, the film had it. I wouldn't be surprised if there's another one that kind of goes more into that. Yeah. Know, the realism. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like that the IP is right for, like, because you can even tell, like, the friends who are like, I'm I'm drinking beer, like I'm not gonna go near or whatever, and they're trying to make him to be like an asshole, and it's like, no, like that guy is like, <laughs> like, like he sucks. Like there's there's different degrees of this, but like there's a compelling film somewhere in the the lore of this, and I would watch the next Cabin Fever movie, mm-hmm. but. Uh, it would take a lot for me to actually be interested and motivated. Yeah, it's like if you're going to bring it back and do another one, you better freaking say something. Because if you don't at this point, it's just like, what, are you blind? Like, are you, are you not? Or, yeah. You know, like, are you in a? Are you living in a in a shed outside of a cabin? Like, and you have not seen what's going on in the world. Like, how can you not comment on that? We will watch anyways, but we're not going to be happy about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Exactly. We'll still we watch. Will, yeah, we'll still watch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do feel like someone's having those conversations right now, and we're probably like two to three years away from another film or a Cabin Fever HBO Max series or something. <laughs> Cabin when they Fever can shoot 19. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cabin Fever 19. Cabin 19. CF 19. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well... <laughs> that uh, you know, I think that's going to mercifully bring us to the end of the Kevin Fever series. Um, I don't know if you guys even want to do a ranking or what. Do you want to do a ranking uh, of all the films? Oh Ooh. All four of them. It's so many. It's just they're all so bad that it's just like I can do mine. So... It's like Kevin Fever one, and then three, four, and the second one. I second agree. one is the worst. I agree. <laughs> ah, the second although, one is although, so bad, but also had things that were so out no, there. No, like, the second one was No, terrible. no, I think that this might be at the bottom for me, honestly. Oh, no. Tyler. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, God, no, I'm sorry. I don't know. I, I, it doesn't matter. The ranking <laughs> for this is just all of a moot yeah, point. I, well, I, I feel like they can't be held up as equivalent. I'm just saying my viewing experience of them, right? Like True. the fact that this is on Netflix and that like there was intent behind this where it seemed like that the second installment was done for like maybe three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's just yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god. Well, I, like I said, like we said already, I'd watch i watch another one. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, you better do something, say something. We'll be on the lookout for the next entry if there is one. Um, But Ryan, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Is there anything you want to mention that you are proud of working on? (laughs) Oh yeah. uh, Mom and dad was a fun one with uh, Nicolas Cage. Oh my God. uh, Yes. That movie's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little, that's classic Nick Cage. And then um, uh, before that, burying the X, which was a Joe Dante film. Oh yeah. That was a great one to work on. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Awesome. And that's my independent years, but then I worked at Disney, which you know everything there is magical. So yeah. <laughs> that's right, as we know. As we know. <laughs> well, yeah, we really appreciate appreciate you being here. It was great to hear some inside info on the movie, and uh, absolutely, yeah. Is there anywhere um, that people can follow your work, or uh, if they want to? Uh, I mean, mutinyrecordings.com is my company, and uh, that's uh, more the other side of the coin, trying to get my stuff into things. But uh, you know, that's where you can follow me. 
Sweet. Great. Awesome. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, thank you so much uh, for everybody listening. Make sure to email us if you have suggestions on uh, future franchises or if you just want to tell us what you thought about these movies. Um, SequelRights at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at SequelRights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcast. And Justin, are we going to disclose what's happening next? Yes, dear listener, you made it to the end of the podcast. <laughs> you get to hear what's coming next. And let me tell you, we had such a fun time talking about and watching for the first time the TV film The Love Bug, directed by Peyton Reed, that we were like, what, else, what other movies has this guy made? And it turns out... He kicked off a very long franchise with Bring It On. So we're watching the Bring It On cheerleader extravaganza next. Bird, starting next week. It's cold in here, guys. That's right. Uh, <laughs> how many movies in this franchise? What, I, are we, what, what have I signed up for? I think it was six. Something oh, like oh, that. That's far more than I thought, but great. Yeah, I, a long one ahead. Don't quote me on that, but I think it's like six, yeah. Um, but we're in for some radically different, uh, you know, genre than this movie. So I'm sure I can find parallel. I'm excited to <laughs> smile again watching this. Yeah. Uh, no, this is going to be super fun. I hope you guys tune in next week. Uh, thanks again for uh, to Ryan Gaines for being here with us and uh, watch out for more of his work um, in the future. And we'll see you guys next week for Bring It On. Some things are made, yeah, they're made to never say.